to The Common Room with Brady Green and Ashley McFadden. Welcome to The Common Room. Yes, it is episode 8. Who could believe it? We've made it this far, people. Yes, welcome along. We are on Unicast and my name is Brayden Green and I am your host and I'm always joined by my great co-host, who is... Ashley McFadden, or as all the cool kids call me, the McFadster. No one calls you that. They could start calling me that. Well, they could, couldn't they? It's pretty. It's a pretty cool <laughs> name, right? The McFadster. No, it's not. <sighs> you just don't know what cool is. Uh, probably not. Let's be real. Right, I want everyone who writes into the show at commonroomunicast at gmail.com to start off with Braden Green and the McFadster. Speaking of the fans, thank you to everyone that has given us over 100 likes on Facebook now. It's a slow start, but it's not. 100 likes! It's like we're Kim Kardashian. I think that would probably make us one of the most popular shows on Unicast as well. Yeah, we're famous. We're going to take over the internet. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Google Podcasts. We're on Anchor FM. We're slowly taking over the internet, taking over your ear space. We're getting there. We're getting there. Anyway, it is time to get in the show. And Ash, have you heard the news? The Northern Territory is trying to get people up there for tourism. And what they're doing is giving you a set discount of $200 off for every $1,000 spent on an NT booking made through certain partners. And you have an up to a maximum of $1,000 discount. This is interesting. Oh, it's great. It should get people up to the Northern Territory. I've never been. I've always wanted to go, but I'm terrified of crocodiles. Yeah, I've never been either. I've always wanted to go to Kakadu. I mean, I do want to see the crocs, especially the big salties. I think it would be an interesting. Well, they're terrifying. They're massive. They could eat your face in like one bite. They're terrifying, but they're, I just find them interesting. I just like, I don't know why. It's, it, they're absolutely terrifying. Wouldn't want to get nowhere near them, but I just want to really learn more about them. Does that make sense? Yeah, you relate to them. They're cold and <laughs> reptilian. <laughs> Harsh. Oh, I'm sorry, that was a bit harsh. Talking about these <laughs> holiday stuff, have you heard about what uh, they've done in Sydney? The flights from Sydney to nowhere. What do you mean, to nowhere? Well, basically, they're selling these flights, and might I say, they're like $5,000 a ticket. You take a flight, seven hours. Up to $5,000 ticket. You're going around, you look at some of the sites around Australia, and then you come back down, and you haven't actually gone anywhere. So, uh, hang on, hang on, hang on. How long is the flight? Let's 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 work out the difference. How long is this flight? Seven hours. Seven hours, right? So a seven-hour sightseeing trip. Pretty much, and you'd be absolutely spewing if you don't get the window seat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that's a really good question. Do they rotate the seat? Or oh, is it, they is surely it can't because of the COVID <laughs> situation. They probably have to keep one seat apart and all that sort of safety stuff. Why don't they? Why don't they? Okay, one very long window each side. Maybe. Could make it almost like a cinema. I reckon I'd do the thing that you get on those boats and just have the glass floor. <laughs> that would actually be terrifying, I think. You imagine takeoff? Oh, Unless yeah. it's going to be like a sunroof where you could like close it, like, you know, and then they open it up when you're in the middle of the sky. But I would absolutely. It's uh, a glass, Braden. It's not an actual hole in the plane. <laughs> no, not an actual hole. But, you know, like you cover you cover the glass up, like, to not, almost like the window shade. It's like a giant one of those. But. What I'm more terrified, to be honest, if it didn't get covered up, the landing would be absolutely terrifying. <laughs> can you think, of, like can the think sudden, about it? 
bump on impact and you see it as it hits the ground and you're going, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, like the bouncing. and The bouncing that you always get on planes. Yeah, well, I've, I mean, I've had some terrible landings on planes. One of the worst ones is when I went to New Zealand and the plane literally went left to right as it landed. It was absolutely terrifying. Because they get those winds because they've got all their big mountains around them. Yeah. So it's always difficult landing in New Zealand. I'll tell you the time when we went to New Zealand on my honeymoon with my wife. And, of course, they have to make you be seated for the last hour of the trip because there's just so many hills around. Yeah. And she needed to go to the toilet so badly <laughs> during that point. Like, it was chronic. She was, like, squirming and she was like, oh, this, this is the worst pain I've ever had. It's Literally, as we landed, she's first to take off her seatbelt and she ran for that toilet and everyone's going, oh, what, what, what? I really need to pee. I really need to pee. I really need to pee. And that is how we started our lovely honeymoon in New Zealand. <laughs> I'd love to see all the air sh- air hostesses and everything. Like, ma'am? Ma'am? <laughs> ma'am, where are you going? We, we haven't said it's safe to leave yet. I need to go to the toilet. It you can't stop me anymore. <laughs> it won't be safe if you don't let me leave. You're going to flood the plane or something. It's <laughs> she, was, she was desperate and she hadn't gone for an hour and the seatbelt sign is just on that whole time. You can't get up because that's the because of the terrain in New Zealand. It's all mountains and all that. They have to negotiate that. With that, with that glass window idea as well, bird strikes would be genuinely quite terrifying. I'm seeing the birds <laughs> below you and thinking, what happens if they're just a few hundred meters yeah. up and, then and they get into the plane jets <laughs> and just see a seagull or whatever, just like blood scraping across on the bottom of the plane yeah, yeah. <laughs> looking like you know how you get in like like horror films sometimes like that hands being like like being dragged and slid through mud and like blood and everything i'm just getting that with the birds or like locusts or whatever bugs are up there yeah you wouldn't want to hit a skydiver which <laughs> just <laughs> well i'm usually sure they check the skydivers before they take off but you know who knows I, i'm no pilot but would you do it? Would you take this seven-hour flight to nowhere? No, no way I would do it. Like, because they're, they're advertising this on looking at great sites. There's even one of them. You get to look at the Great Barrier Reef. If I'm gonna look at the Great Barrier Reef, I want to dive inside, <laughs> have a look around. Oh, look at all these beautiful fish and everything. There's not really much to see from the air. Well, it's quite ironic that you're in an aeroplane looking at the Great Barrier Reef when aeroplanes have destroyed the Great Barrier Reef. <laughs> I don't think it's just... It's not just aeroplanes, but it's a hell of a lot of those... It's Well, it's not helping, but a heck of a lot of the industries down there just pour sludge, basically, into it. They're just like, oh, you... Come to a tourist oasis, sludge. Yeah, no. It does amaze me how they treat it. But anyway, my whole point on this... My point, before we started (laughs) talking about planes with (laughs) glass bottoms... Absolutely shocking idea. Um, the Northern Ter- the Northern Territory getting people up there, right? I think you can have state of origin tourism games. Do you get what I mean? No, please explain. So every state should think of their own ideas to grab tourists, and whoever gets the most tourists by the end of the year, like, gets a prize. I'll make it into a competition. That's awesome. Yeah, I like that idea. I, I, I don't mind that idea at all. Now, people who can't really compete at the moment. Victoria, for obvious reasons. Yeah, we'll give them a handicap, like golf or something. W- <laughs> WA, well, they don't want to compete. They yeah. said no. They uh, were the, they were the only state that didn't want people in by Christmas. So instead of, like, giving the, like people anything, they're just basically giving you the bird. It's yeah, as simple basically. as that. And I don't think they get a handicap for being jerks like that. I'm going to say it. 
Western <laughs> Australia, you're being jerks. Let people in. <laughs> it is interesting, but I think so. I've created a bit of a battle plan, all right? South Australia, okay, we need to think what can we give? We don't want to give money, so we can give wine. We have got some of the best wine in the world. Say if you spend like a hunt, like $200, you get two free bottles from any winery in South Australia that you desire, and it's got a value of under 100 I think that's a great idea. People, people would do anything for a free drink. Have you been to any university <laughs> club? Like It's always empty, but if you say this is a university club with free beer, yeah. it's packed. You can't get through. Maybe that's what we should do for Challenge Acceptance. That's how we're going to get people in. <laughs> Drink responsibly. Oh, um, yes, of course. Yes. Queensland. Well, that's there. They, they've got the massive advantage. For me, they just give free tickets to theme parks. Like you oh, know, they've got the w- choice of theme parks up there as well. Yeah, buy one get one free. You know, they'll, they'd have heaps of people just come for that. You know, easy is easy. Tasmania, maybe some free camping locations. You know, spend a certain amount of money, get some free. Because I mean, it's one of the best places to camp. I think that's really easy. Maybe you get a free tour around the Cabaret Factory. Far out. I know where I would be going in that situation. Canberra, they've got museums. You know, some of the best museums, the um, Australian War Museum. They've got uh, other pretty sites going down. Um, is it Lake Billy Griffiths or Lake? The Lake. The Lake down there, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, my point is you get like like even tours down Parliament House. So there's like there, there's a different sort of audience down there. So, right, so we can easily do that. Um, I haven't really worked out Sydney's. Maybe a free pass to the Sydney Opera House. Something like maybe, that. maybe, maybe. If, if we are allowed concert again, concerts again one day. Trip <laughs> you know? to Luna Park. Trip, trip to Luna Park, Taronga Zoo, stuff like oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah. They've got great things in Sydney. Yeah. Maybe I, they can let them go on one of these flights. <laughs> <laughs> That'll bring in the tourists, won't it? I just, I just don't think they've thought that through. Why would you want to get on a plane voluntarily to be squashed in those tiny seats? I don't think they're putting you in first class on these flights. To go round for seven hours, like two hours, that'd be a nice trip. That'd be a nice trip. I might do that. But I guess everything in Australia is so far away. It has to take seven hours. I don't know. I, I, I genuinely can't explain that one and why you would want to. Who? I mean, if you get, for example, Sydney Harbour Bridge, you want to be up close to it to Kind of get the size, I would have thought. Oh, you've seen those people climbing it. Yeah. Like they do it at the Adelaide Oval. They yeah. probably stole it from us, I reckon, <laughs> that idea. By the way, the Canberra Lake was like Burley Griffin, so ha, did my research. Maybe a bit late, but my Still point did was it. <laughs> And that's what we do on the show. We fact check. We fact check. Maybe not before the show, <laughs> but during, during the, the show, show or after. <laughs> If you have tourism ideas, remember, get in contact with us on Facebook, Twitter, whatever it may be. Get in contact. I'd love to think of an idea. I think this is great. Even just for the estates, you can have like little domestic competitions within your own state. Yeah, the Barossa would kill. Yeah, we got this. We got this, people. Anyway, it is time for a break. You are listening to The Common Room on Unicast. It's time for our favourite segment. Yeah, nah, mate. Yeah, nah. <laughs> All right, first one's for you. A sugar tax should be implemented to try and make people make healthier eating choices. I'm going to go a nah. Yeah, I've, I've never really understood this debate either. I don't know if a sugar tax is enough. I think just educating people is like the main thing it's going to do. But surely people I mean, you get can raise the price because chips are pretty cheap and lollies are pretty cheap. Maybe raising the price will stop people. No, it just seems like a tax on like people who can't afford. It. People don't need to spend more money on like 
on on seeing the money. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> well, I think it's more the other way around. How about we make like fresh fruit veggies cheaper? You know, surely. I mean, what? without ripping off the farmers, obviously, but surely you, the government can come with some some sort of system to give like you know a tax break or whatever they have to do to make it cheaper. I think that's the way to go and more education around like cooking vegetables and what you can do with vegetables. Yeah. Like if through the usual school system, you don't know what to do with the broccoli when presented with it. Well, exactly. And I, I understand that it does take time to make, you know, like, a, like say a certain dish sometimes when you've got to like chop it up and everything like that. And that's usually what happens when we come to fast food, the ease of it. Heck, I'm very guilty of, it, of this studio, or well, not this studio, this uni. Whenever we come to record, I don't think I've eaten one home-cooked meal when I've gone to see you. I think I've used a different type of fast food each time. Yeah, I was surprised to see you with a salad this time, <laughs> rather than a pie. <laughs> Look, I'm very Aussie in that, in that sense. Be All proud. Right. <laughs> Mine has a theme this week. See if you can spot the theme. A stitch in time saves nine. Yeah, nah. What? A stitch in time saves nine. Yeah, nah. Gonna say nah? Nah. <laughs> I don't really know where you're going with this. I'm doing sayings and expressions, and you're going to yeah, nah my sayings and expressions. Okay. A stitch in time saves nine. Do you want to really want to explain this one, maybe? Well, basically, if you mend something before, before if you mend something, you can save a lot more money. Uh, in the long run, than if you just let it wear out. Hmm. Oh, is that a yeah or not? Mm -hmm. Stitch in time saves nine stitches. Oh, it really depends on the product. Oh. I've stuffed, I've stumped him <laughs> with this basic <laughs> <laughs> idiom. Uh, we'll just go yeah and. <laughs> oh God, this is going to be interesting. Yeah. No. <laughs> okay, next one. More should be done for Australian gold medalists who are from lesser-known sports, to get the recognition they deserve. Yeah, I'm going to hard yeah on that. Too long have we suffered through these popular sports, getting all the funding and all the support when these more obscure, maybe not as recognised sports, like uh, the synchronised swimming or uh, the rhythmic gymnastics. Well, or if I named, the, if I named put, an athlete... Right now, who is a gold medalist from a lesser-known sport? You name me the sport if you've even one. Tell me if you've heard of him. Tell me if you know the sport. Simon Fairweather. Oh no, I can't say I know. Gold medalist in archery. Archery. Now that is a cool sport. I don't know why people aren't supporting archery. How cool is archery? Pachoom, pachoom. Yeah. So it's an actual skill. See, uh, that's. I mean, I mean, we know the big ones. We all know the swimmers. Well, obviously, that's Ian. what Australia is known for, swimming. You know, Ian Thorpe is the biggest Thorpe example. Hey. I argue that we know the cyclists, so we know Anamirs. It's probably, probably, you know, probably the closest to like being in the middle, I would say, one of the popular sports, but not the most popular. Would that be fair? Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, so we know like the velodrome and stuff. So I think more should be done. So I'm definitely going a year with you on that one. And also, it's an opportunity to dominate in something else, which Australians do very well, dominate. Yeah, because I know we've got a gold medalist in decathlon and sailing, but I can't name him off the top of my head. It's a disappointment, isn't it? Yeah, it is a disappointment. What do you got for me? All right, here's another idiom for you. Every cloud has a silver yeah. lining. <laughs> yeah or nah? 
<laughs> um, I stumped them with idioms. I'm really liking this. I might do this every week now. <laughs> every cloud has a silver lining. Well, no. Nah, I mean, if we're just looking at clouds. <laughs> All right. If he's going to be literal, he's going or not. Uh, yeah, nah. What is it? What do you mean, what is it? A cloud. Well, what, <laughs> what, what is this meaning of this? Or when there's dark times, dark clouds are coming. There's always light at the end. So in other words, like if one door shuts, another one opens. Well, if you want to use that expression, <laughs> sure. But I'm using every cloud has a silver lining. There's always positive in the bad things. Uh, mm, yin yeah, and yang. Just, yeah, I mean, yeah, debatable. 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 But it's, it's yeah. You've got to go, yeah? yeah I'm going to go, nah. Nah? Nah. When bad stuff happens, it's usually bad. It's obvious. This is an <laughs> obvious answer. But there is some good things that usually come from it. You yeah, know if you want to I mean? twist your perspective like that, sure. <laughs> but bad things are usually bad. Bad things are usually bad. We really blow minds on this show sometimes. I'm going to get that on a T-shirt. <laughs> All right. Next one's for you. Fireworks should be banned on New Year's Eve, even when... COVID has ended, if COVID is dead. What? No. How could you ban the fireworks? I mean, I know there's actual bans on fireworks uh, in domestic homes, but that's never stopped anyone. <laughs> Every New Year's, I see across the river fireworks going off, and I know that isn't for a legal display. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. I've never... It's an interesting one that a lot of people are saying, why are we spending all this money on like fireworks when we've got our country burning, when we're going through climate crisis? I understand that, but surely we should be able to still celebrate. Fireworks are great. I think they're the best thing in the whole world. They go bang, and it's really <laughs> scary, but they look pretty. Whoa. Yeah, it's not just that. It gets everyone together. I think if that's where we're going to sacrifice things, I think we're going down the wrong path. How about looking about how, how much money that like certain... Uh, let's say charitable, like, how do you say this in the nicest prospect? That dodgy, dodgy charity groups get. Or how about, you know, dodgy certain religious groups get? You know, we look at these people who are meant to be doing good for society who aren't really doing good. You know what I mean? There's a lot of charities, right? If they get a dollar, right, out of charity, only 10 cents will go to the charity and 90 cents will go to the admin fees. I'm not going to name them in case we get some horrible law case, but that's that's absolute rubbish, you know, and people are going to have an aim at the fireworks. How about we look at different areas where funding needs to be looked at and taken off? And the problem with those sort of charities, they give the other charities that do do a lot of good work and have a lot exactly. of volunteers a bad name. And that's my point. It's, it's and how are you meant to know the difference if you haven't done the research? Exactly. So more should be looked into that. And if we're going to start taking it from areas which we celebrate, I just think we're aiming it at the wrong people. Fireworks are great. What yeah. Yeah. All right, let's go with another idiom that Brayden seems to hate so much. <laughs> a watched, a watched pot never boils. A watched pot never boils. <laughs> I stumped him. He's thinking about pots. He's probably never cooked anything in his life. No, I have. He just never boiled any vegetables. <laughs> no, that's a nah. Nah, you think pots boil regardless if you're looking at them or not? Well, yeah. Yeah, I would agree with you. I mean, they well, literally the do. <laughs> what's the saying? Well, it's if you're watching something, it doesn't happen. But when you what? get distracted by something else, these opportunities present themselves. But 
taking around in a literal sense is rubbish. Yeah, I'd agree with that one. I don't think it's a very good expression. That's like, watched pot. That's like being in an exam and watching the clock saying time never moves forward if you just watch it. Exactly. It's exactly the same thing, but it does move forward and it's a stupid expression. It's absolutely ridiculous. Quick one for you. Dogs are better than cats. Oh, this is probably the most controversial one you've ever had on the, the show. What are you trying to do to me? Dogs are better than cats. Well, I guess a lot more people are allergic to cats, which is why I prefer oh, cats. Oh, look at him going the diplomatic version. Which is why I prefer cats, because I don't want anyone <laughs> over my house. So I'm going to get a cat. <laughs> going to go cat? No, it's a dog. Actually, people dog's aren't actually allergic to the cats. Uh, people are allergic to the dandruff on the cats. So, um, I don't know, you use better shampoo on your cats or something. <laughs> Is that the answer? I don't know. I'm no scientist, but... <laughs> you got one more for me or not? All right. Let's start Last with one. this. The oldest synonym, uh, idiom I could think of. He who smelt it, dealt it. Would you agree with... <laughs> yeah, nah. No, he I'm going nah, because far out when my dogs fart, it's <laughs> you smell it and you know, oh, far out. You almost fall down dead. Well, it's very lucky. Very lucky indeed, because... I can smell something in here. <laughs> what? <laughs> and I'll tell you what, I <laughs> may or may not have dealt it, oh, to be honest. <laughs> oh, that's the perfect time for a break. You are listening to The Common Room on Unicast. Open the window. Ashley... Well, it's fair to say that we're big video game fans, aren't we? I love computer games. It's so much fun. Which is bringing us to the next topic. Vintage video games. From the olden days. Pew, pew, pew. Why have you brought this one up, mate? Well, they've recently brought out all these Nintendo, old Nintendo 64 classics. Ah, oh, so exciting. Yeah, and it's not just 64. They've had SNES ones as well. and, and All the classic vintage ones. Oh. I mean, th I mean, this isn't really a new invention, invention, let's be honest. Remastering has been around for a while. Yeah, and they've brought out quite a lot in the last few years. It's like they're out of ideas. <laughs> well, that's always the question when you get a vintage video game is you've got to pick a real classic for it to actually sell, and you've got to pick... Would you say how old it has to be? It has to be the right age. It has to be old enough for the people who played it as kids want to replay it, but as adults. Yeah, that that's the big thing. And then you got to decide, are you going to do a full remaster or are you just going to emulate it, essentially, on uh, a new console? There's nothing worse than just an emulate and they haven't actually done anything to it. Uh, the amount of times Final Fantasy VII's come out and it's literally no different. Ridiculous. <laughs> it's, not just, it's not just them. We're not singling them out. Oh, and you couldn't, and you couldn't even put in names. You couldn't put in custom names. That's it's taken away features from it. Now, what really annoys me is when you get a like an old video game and they're remastering it, and they don't even make it full screen. Oh, you gotta, you gotta upgrade it from uh, four by three to sixteen by nine. It's gotta fit on the screen. I don't. The black lines are boring. <laughs> Well, another, I mean, you change the camera angles. I mean, far out. Some of the cameras back in 1997, respectable for when they were in 1997, 96, whatever year that they were made. These days, a little old. Oh, yeah, because they, those were back in the time that you didn't have two joysticks even. Sometimes there were ones that you had to push a button to change the camera Yeah, like on the, on the Nintendo 64, you had, 64 the four you had the C buttons and you had to use them to change the angle. Far or out. it would auto-do it. And auto is never in the right spot. No. I tell you what. 
No, it, it really isn't. I hate it because sometimes you'll, you'll see behind your character and there's a wall in front and they'll decide, well, they obviously want to see two walls at the same time. No, no. <laughs> I want to see inside. Or you and get that spot and you're just seeing like the gap in the world, like the inverse of the world. Oh, no, when you've got that undeveloped bit of the game. Yeah, and you're stuck in like the in-between and it's just like glitchy and awful. Well, that's why I was always confused why the... In Borderlands, I think it's kind of a good way of doing it. Whenever you go to an area like that, it's just like, warning, warning, you will be killed instantly. That's great when they do in-game things for that, or you don't have the memory for this. I think that was a good good opportunity taken there by Borderlands. But anyway, back to vintage video games. Name me some of your favourite vintage video games. Let's go back in time. Where were you at? Well, my big one that I played all the time when I was little was uh, Banjo-Tooie. 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 Better than Banjo-Kazooie. Banjo-Tooie. It was an awesome game. It had a bear. It had a bird. They they went on crazy adventures. What more do you want? At one point, you turned into a washing machine and cleaned <laughs> people's underwear. <laughs> that was a mission. It's crazy some of the missions that you do I get. I got myself a jiggy for that. I'm Ooh. going back to GoldenEye. Oh, GoldenEye the on original. the Nintendo 64. Yeah. That broke up a lot of friendship groups, I think. Oh, when you got the golden gun. Oh, <laughs> run crazy that's the only thing you can do the 64 did a lot of gun games on it and they were all very good for the time operation winback was very good for that time as well have you ever played that no i haven't played that one i really recommend that it's basically it, it was it had a great story tried some new different things very good shooter for its time i've also got some other here others here for the 64 conquers bad fur day did you ever play oh, that? that was the game that everyone wanted to play but i wasn't allowed a copy so i'd have to go around friends house and play it and you got to wee on people and they died <laughs> i still i still have it <laughs> for oh. a long time my father wouldn't let me play it for obvious reasons but yeah. i just like the it was one of the f- it's not the first but you say one of the first adult games on the Nintendo, would you say? It was like the first game that I was exposed to that was definitely for adults rather than for the, kids. Remember the great giant Pooh? <laughs> he had a song. <laughs> yeah. great, great, great game. Why don't they bring more games like that out? Donkey Kong 64. I know I'm n- naming all Nintendo 64 games, but there's some classics. Did it's you ever play Donkey Kong 64? Yeah, it was very repetitive from Did memory. I think I got bored of it. What? Donkey Kong 64? That was a, that's an adventure, not like... I mean, I can understand Donkey Kong Country maybe getting repetitive, but 64 is that open world one. No, I think it was a bit repetitive for me. Well, finding the bananas and throwing throwing them to the hippo. Uh, Yeah, pretty much. I loved it. I absolutely loved it, and I still love the DK rap at the start. Oh, that is a classic rap. I play it for that. I play it for the DK, Donkey Kong. I bet there's people out here who don't know what we're talking about. Yeah, no one. But uh, but, uh, there's still like classic moments that you can have all those different characters. Like Lanky was just the craziest. Yeah, Yeah, it was the craziest. And I just love Chunky. That was just. (laughs) You can't jump. What was it? You can't jump high. You can't. It was a can't jump high. You can't move fast. (laughs) But this Kong's one hell of a guy. (laughs) Yeah, just barrels through people. (laughs) (laughs) Loved it. Um, Also, some other classics. Man, I've gone mainly to Nintendo here. Super Mario All-Stars, I had the lost levels. Have you ever played that? No. That is so hard. Basically, Mario, they decided, let's give Mario some shoes that are clearly made of ice. You can never stop in time. Uh, And some of those jumps, you had to be dead set perfect. There's (laughs) nothing more frustrating. frustrating. Nothing more frustrating than like ice levels or ones where you've got slippery character feet. (laughs) Yeah. Oh. Or when you got so those um, floating shoes and ocarina of time on, and you just <laughs> try and make it, and you go, "Oh wait, I forgot I got the slippery <laughs> shoes," and you just walk <laughs> off the cliff, and you're like, 
Yep, great. Okay, I've died again. That's great. Um, I've got Worms in here. Did you ever play that? Oh, I remember. It's Earthworm Jim or Worms? Like Worms, the, the war game where you'd basically blow the crap out. Like Worms with bazookas. <laughs> Whoever thought of that was a genius. It's crazy. I, I remember Earthworm Jim. And he like, literally would pull himself out of his suit and like flick himself at people. Weird concepts. Yeah, um, lemmings? No, I haven't played that one. Oh, really? Really? It was just this great game where you had to get them from point A to point B in the weirdest possible ways. Where these little guys would like fall off cliffs. Sometimes you can get them to stop, jump, do all these cool little moves. Um, what other classics? Sim City. I actually preferred oh, Sim, Sim City, City. more than The Sims. Sim City 2000. Yeah, good, good times. Good times. I love that one. Also and you know what? I'm going to say it. I think it's better that one than the one that came out, what, seven years ago? The new one. Which was completely ago, like online. Oh, so annoying. And you spend so much on these EA games. It's ridiculous. You do spend... I, I mean, I'm not a fan of ones that you have to pay to... Like, and then you have like, to be on the internet the whole time you're playing. It's like World of Warcraft in that situation. The yeah. the, the, the fee it's that you have to pay for some of those games. The I think subscription. it's a bit extra- extravagant. Well, at least with World of Warcraft, it makes sense that you're yeah. online. Yeah, you're I building your own city. Why have I got to be online Anyway. Good point. I guess because it's an MMO. It's an interesting debate. Maybe we'll have that debate one day. Um, also, I have got in here some classic PlayStation games. Uh, Crash Bandicoot, of course. That is so hard. If you've <laughs> gone back and <laughs> played the original <laughs> Crash Bandicoot, it is so hard and so frustrating because if you're like pixels out, you're burnt to death and you die. Um, I was also lucky enough to some originals, so like Space Invaders and Pac-Man. Uh, classics. Classic, absolute classic. You Joust was a really good one too. But I really loved as a kid Rampage. Do you ever play Rampage? No, which one's Rampage? The one with the, the gorilla, the, the wolf and the lizard where you go around smashing buildings. You remember oh, that I've one? I've never and heard of that one. They that made it into a awesome. movie. Remember they made, it, they made it a very loosely based movie, not really based around the game at all. What, about a lizard that bashes the... Yeah, so basically you climb up buildings, right, and you smash the crap out of them, and they all fall down. You can get gained health by eating people and stuff like that. And if you like hit fire and burn the building down for you, so it's quicker, and tanks come after you, and you smash tanks, attack helicopters. This sounds like a fever dream you've had. I'm not. I'm actually. I'm showing you this in the break now. All right, all right. Show me, show me. I remember the classic Street Fighter games. Remember those? Yeah, I was more of a Tekken player. I'll be oh, honest. really, really, really. Devil Jin. I mean, far out. You could murder people with him. My wife is the best at any of those Street Fighter games. I so think she, ju- she just obliterate the buttons? She obliterates the buttons and she wins every time. And I'm trying to do like combos and stuff. Like, yeah, I'm really cool. And it never works because smashing the, <laughs> smashing the buttons always wins. I'm well, going to say that now. Well, it reminds me of the Wii Sports Resort. Do you remember the sword fighting? Oh, yeah, that was awesome. I love doing that. My like, I would be trying to do like blocks and everything and smart moves. My sister's like, I'm just basically going to have a fit with the controller, go nuts with it, and absolutely obliterate me. And that it did. And that is the reason why they put straps on the Wii controller. <laughs> oh, I almost, I almost put one through the roof one time. I can believe it. <laughs> it was during bowling. And oh, that's the lamest <laughs> one to get it through the roof. <laughs> I just was a young kid, wanted to give it some power, and yeah, whack. It's like pinballs, bang, bang, bang. I don't uh, think I've ever got um, like a volley going with the, <laughs> with the tennis one. Just... I don't think I've ever managed it to go past, like, I hit it to you, they hit it back, 
Oh no, it's gone out again. Uh, I, we were bad at tennis. Did you ever find the secret way to get a strike in the bowling? Where you balanced it on the little guardrail and hit the button at the back? No. <laughs> What's Guess that? Guess what Ashley's doing tonight. I'm going to pull out a Come from his Wii from Sports somewhere. or Wii Sports Resort, but it's, it's hard, but you can do it. Um, also, try and get a 300 game. I've been able to do it twice for bowling on 300. Wow. Impressive. If only those skills were transferable to in something real else. life. I know. <laughs> Uh, what was also really weird about Wii Sports Resort is that you could fly this little plane and you had to like find all the points. Of I wouldn't really call it a sport. <laughs> you basically had to find a point of interest. Uh, Just didn't quite understand that. It's a bit sad. Good game, though. You know what was a good one, though? Pokemon Snap on yes. Nintendo 64. Yes, An I'm actual photography game. They haven't had enough photography games. games. It's like the only <laughs> photography game I can think of. And how much better would it be with graphics these days and the amount of memory and stuff you could get in the AI? Oh. Well, obviously, we're going to have to come back. Oh. We're running a little bit over. Oh, the nostalgia. I feel it flooding over me. But oh. if, if you want to get in contact with us, you know, give us a message. What was your favourite vintage video games? Were you a Gallagher person, maybe? Or something mm. like that. There is a lot to pick from. Were you on the Atari with these days? Oh, we were hardly you... even mentioned the Atari or Sega or any of we're those gonna ha- We're going to have to come back to it. We're we'll put a pin in this and we'll come back to it one later day. Yeah, we'll come back to us and we can create We can create a list, like the the top 20 maybe or top 15. Like that idea? Yeah, yeah. I like it. We'll get back to it because we're way over time. But anyway, it's time for a break. You are listening to The Common Room on Unicast. <laughs> It's time for the next topic, which is... Job interviews. Why have you got job interviews? Well, obviously, like everyone in the country, I'm looking for a job. (laughs) (laughs) The job market has crashed. There's thousands of people looking for jobs every day, and I just want to talk about them because they are weird, aren't they? Like Like the idea of a job interview or the practice of a job interview? No, being at a job interview, like having the person, sometimes even persons, judging you... And seeing if you're right for their company. It's such a weird position to be in. And also, to be honest, sometimes you get weird questions at job <laughs> interviews. Or job interviews just aren't right. Or All right, I'll tell you what happened. Last week, I got a call at 9pm oh, in the one. evening. Yeah, I was here for this. 9pm <laughs> in the evening for this guy. And I couldn't really understand him. I don't think it was the phone connection. I think he was just really tired because it's a labourer job. Labourers get tired in the evening. I understand that. But he just sounded like out of it. Let me stop you there, though. Who rings at 9pm? We literally just finished recording. Yeah. (laughs) And they get this phone call at 9pm and he's saying, so uh, you were looking for jobs of references and things like that. Oh, yeah, tired. Tired, that's the word. He's very tired. He's just <laughs> obviously started at 5am this oh, tired. morning and he's just tired and out of it. And I can't really understand not, You're not thinking of another word to describe someone. And <laughs> it's, just a, it's just a weird thing to get. I have to say that late at night as well. Like I was out and doing the recordings, but we... we could have been like in bed. <laughs> like I'm an old man now. I might go to bed at nine o'clock. I don't. I it's could. Such a weird. I sound so dodgy. It does sound dodgy. And he wanted to make sure that I had an ABN because obviously he doesn't want to pay for insurance for any of his employees. Wow. Well, yeah. Um. Well, yeah. Job interviews are a weird. I mean, I've had mostly positive job interviews. There's been oh, one big bragger. 
Oh, there's been one though, which was a group job interview. Have you gone through that process? I have not been for a group job interview, but it sounds absolutely awful. It was a call center, and there were seven of us, of us, and we basically get in there, and they tell us what the job is about. But guess how they started it? They tell you all the ways you can get fired. <laughs> I'm not joking. Because in the interview itself. Yeah, in the interview, these are all the ways you can get fired. It's, this is how they started. They say, hello, this is what we do, but we want to start off with this because basically what they do is they sell the lottery tickets for all those, you know, the, the research for hospital funds, stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. And it was absolutely, that was the most terrifying interview I've ever had. If you were seen actually like touching your phone, and I mean even just putting it in your pocket, whether like when you walk in, there was a yellow line where your phone was just not allowed, which I can understand. But even if you were like looking away from your computer for like, I don't know, a minute or something, just yesterday, basically, we will give you written warnings and stuff like that. And this is the job interview you're talking about. This isn't like your first day induction. This is. This Welcome. is the job interview. This is the job interview. I'm not going to name the call center. I'm not going to name what lottery they were selling it for. All right. But it was just like the scariest one. And here's the big thing. You had to name, you, you do your personal experience. Easy. Okay. Not too bad. Why would we be a good boy? Good, good, good. Then they leave you with this. Then they say, tell me why I should hire you, basically. And you've got to do it in front of everyone else. So oh. you've got to basically... <laughs> Tell them why they shouldn't... Basically, what you're doing is making sure you didn't sound as crap as the last person. Oh, the pit just fell out of my stomach thinking about that. I and, don't think I could do it. And you know what the worst thing was? The guy next to me, this was his very first job interview. Oh, he's going to go around <laughs> thinking all job interviews are group ones like that. Yeah, exactly. And the guy was brutal. The guy looked at him. Most people practice for a job interview before they come into the room. <laughs> 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 You're always hit the floor. I'm actually glad I didn't get the job. Sounds awful. Absolutely toxic. All right, I saw this job online, and this is actually awful. It's uh, for van delivery guy. Van delivery man. Van delivery guy. And do you know what one of the um, things that you had to, you know, the criteria that they go well presented, one of them was white. <laughs> I absolutely <laughs> kid you not, is white and well presentable. What? I got in contact with uh, the job searcher website it's on, and they have not got back to me about this. I don't know if it's a typo. It's got to be a typo. It might be white card or something, but it says must be white and well presentable. Yeah. It's absolutely like, appalling that... <laughs> Appallingly racist. That that's on there. And also... I'm pretty sure that's illegal. <laughs> it is definitely illegal. Yeah. Really and, like, usually they the hide cops. that sort of racist stuff a lot better. <laughs> like, must speak... English well, usually they hide it better than must be white. I couldn't believe it when I saw it. But I applied because I definitely need a job. I didn't. I was a joke there. Oh, my goodness. That's blowing my mind. It's blowing your mind. That that still sort of happens. Um, I also hate when you're in a job interview and you're basically being told you've got the job and then like things change and you don't get in the job. It's oh, nothing worse. And then they say, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll hook you up. Maybe we'll see you, call you in a week and we'll organise like your first day and stuff. And it's like, cool, cool, and cool. And you never get rung back. And then you never hear back and you haven't got like contact for them except for the 
way that you had applied for them, so you can't even like contact them to say, oh yeah, remember me? You said I could have a job, please. <laughs> well, there's another one. Even just you know being like, I don't mind a text saying sorry, we got another candidate. That's better than absolute radio silence. It makes you well, it, worry it, that you said something really weird. Yeah, and like, you as don't you even need, you don't even need to be told you got the job. I just hate radio silence in general. Where they tell you don't even tell you they haven't got the job. If you're gonna reject me, fine. <laughs> just say was not submitted. I'm used to that. I see many of those every day. <laughs> Here's another one. I have my sister. So this bakery yeah. made, but it's like, all oh, right, they give the application and they gave the top six applicants. This, I'm saying air quotes. Top six applicants, a fr- like a week trial, right, to see how they went, right. So he does the week trial. Does like, and that was, I think it was at least like a twenty hours, if not more, of a week. And then they contact her after the trial. Oh, you're too old for the position. Oh, too old. What? The lo- You've got the CV with the age bef- even before this. That's a load of crap. I really hate like ageism in these sort of things because how are you meant to have experience and all this great CV but also be like under 25? And, and then, I mean, it goes the other way too. It's like old people get absolutely roasted sometimes they've got like more experience they've than anyone more experience and than the, anyone in and they're just worried and like oh you may have dropped dead any second so we well, can't so might you if you keep talking like this we'll <laughs> deck you exactly that's just it's crap it's, it's absolute rubbish no i really don't agree with that ageism sort of stuff and you know what i hate most is like referees and stuff Having to think of referees like oh. at the interview. That's what I've had. You've had to think of... What do you mean? Well, you meant to have your referees ready before? No. What they said is like, you read the criteria, you tick off all the lists. And when I'm at the interview, I said, oh, can you give us a couple of referees? And like nowhere before they've said you need referees. So I'm like panicking in the interview <laughs> going, oh no, who do I put? Oh, jeez. And it's like sweating. Like, and I put these people down and I'm like... Frantically testing it. Is it okay if I put who as a referee? I haven't checked it beforehand. Like stressing out. <laughs> didn't get the job anyway, so it didn't matter. I doubt they even called them. I hate but it when, when they don't tell you those sort of things. Oh. It can really put you in a bad position. I hate it when you have to get a referee from a place that you've last worked, even though if the place was awful and terrible. Uh, like when yeah. I went for my most recent job, I had to get it from the last place that I worked. And I did not want them on my CV. It's as simple as that. It was one of the most unsafe places I've ever had to work for a period of if, my life. If they're recommending someone, they know nothing. Do yeah. not buy that person. <laughs> Just no. Oh, if you've got a scary job interview story, why not get in contact with us? I would love to hear some of these. I, I think we're going to get some have classics. Atrocious, atrocious ones. I remember going to like first job interviews and you're wearing your dad's suit jacket and you're wearing your <laughs> shoes and like nothing matches and it's all too big. Oh, it's awful. Like, what oh, I can't sleep at night <laughs> thinking of that. Absolutely awful. I bet there's people out there who's got worse stories than us. Oh, sure. Get in contact with us. We'd love to hear you. You are listening to The Common Room on Unicast. Uh, it's been a great show, Ash. This has been one of the best. I think we'll definitely come back to a few of these, especially the vintage video games and maybe even job interviews. Again, please get in contact if you've had a terrible job interview, if you've had some great video games in, from your past that you want to bring up, or even want to talk about what we should do to be getting more tourists here. Definitely get in touch at commonroomunicast at gmail.com. Even send a yeah, nah if you want. Yeah, nah, do it, mate. Oh, it's been absolutely brilliant. Remember to listen to the podcast on 
Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and the big one, Anchor FM. And you can get in contact on Facebook, Twitter, and you can contact us on email. How many times do we have to say email us? Please, anyone can contact. <laughs> and what's that email address? It's commonroomunicast at gmail.com. And I don't have to read it off a screen frame <laughs> because we've been doing it for two months. <laughs> we remember it all. Anyway, we really got to get going. We've got 20 seconds, Ash. Uh, bye. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this hasn't been planned at all. You've been listening to The Common Room on Unicast. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time, Wednesday, 3 p.m. See you later. That was The Common Room with Braden Green and Ashley McFadden. Email us at commonroomunicast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next Wednesday, 3pm on Unicast.